scripture today comes from the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 7. I just love the red letter editions of the Bible to just go through sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit lost or down or, or need something and just turn right to the words of Jesus Christ himself. You know, our series is on Jesus Does. And he teaches, I, I look here at chapter 7, and he teaches on effective prayer and the golden rule, the narrow gate, the tree and its fruit, true disciples, and now building on a solid foundation. Hear the words of the Lord. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. May God add his blessing to the reading, hearing, and living of God's word. When I heard that scripture this time, I was reminded of when we were recently at Hilton Head, and we went to uh, Defusky Island. I hope, I hope for those of you that may be listening from South Carolina that I pronounce that correctly. You have to take a, a ferry there, and then you rent a golf cart from the day. The island's like five miles long and two and a half miles wide, and it's just a whole lot of fun. Uh, Hilton Head's known for what it has. And Defusky is known for what it doesn't have, like cars and tourist traps and things like that. It's just a great place to visit while you're there. But there's this one place, and they have a guide of where you take your golf, can take your golf carts to places of interest. And uh, one place is where a hurricane had come through a number of years ago and took some houses down. And... Why they are still there, I don't know. But you can still go to see the houses that were wiped out by the storm. You know, and the thing of it is that right next to them, there are some houses that made it through the storm. And this scripture tells us how we prepare for any storm that life brings, for any decisions that we have to make. Because Jesus teaches us how to live our lives. And if we can follow him with our hearts and with our lives, then it's amazing what storms that we can weather. Now, I was baptized when I was 19 years old. And it was a special day. My son was, was with me. I had some, somewhere I had missed baptism. I started out as a Mennonite, and when I was in middle school, switched over to the Methodist church, and somehow I missed baptism and confirmation altogether. So at 19, I was ready to be baptized, and, and my son was in my arms, and he was baptized as an infant at that same time. So it was a very special day. But, you know, I was a little bit disappointed. I expected, like, bolts of lightning or, you know, something just really, really, really amazing, you know, and it was special, but somehow it just wasn't what I thought. But what I didn't understand at that time, 
and do now. That that was just the beginning of a process that would continue for a lifetime as Jesus worked in me and in you through the Holy Spirit and guides us and teaches us how to live those our lives. And Chad drove home this morning that, you know, if our lives don't reflect Jesus, then there's a problem. And, you know, he, he looks at it and, and emphasized that, um, that that's what the perception of people outside the church is that sometimes we're hypocrites. Well, and I think there's something a little bit hypocritical in all of us. You know, preachers preach to themselves more than they do anybody else because we go for the things that we need to improve in our lives, too. One day, many, many years ago, when I was struggling with my faith, um, I went by a church that had the outside signs. You know, usually they don't stick with me long, but there's been a couple. And that one said, it was on Maple Grove Church in Topeka, it said, you're never so bad that you can't come in. And you're never so good that you don't need to. That's what the church is for me. You know, uh, another saying, you know, how do you look at the church? Is it a museum for saints? Some people outside think it is and, and, and uh, think that, you know, we're not saints when they look at our lives. But is it a museum for saints or a hospital for sinners? And I think that's where this hypocritical issue comes in because people don't realize that we're a hospital. And Jesus Christ is in here teaching us and healing us, and we're on a lifetime journey to do it better if we keep our eyes on the goal. We're a hospital for sinners. There's sin in each of us. There's we're going to talk in a moment about going on to perfection, and folks, i got a long way to go. But I'm here and I'm trying, and I'm trying to keep my eyes on Jesus Christ. Now, as we prepare to follow Jesus' teachings, which hopefully will make us ripe for glory, let's use the acronym RIPE to see what this journey put, puts us on, to see what Jesus teaches us in this journey. And let's use the R for restoring, restoring relationship. Well, I wish I could say my journey from baptism had been straight and sure, but it hadn't. I fell on my face several times, and when stuff got tough at home, I wanted to fix it myself. And I told God I'll get it straightened out and give it to you, and had the cart before the horse. I may have shared that with you before. And then one day, and it was during a period of time where I was in and out of church, you know, maybe once a month I would get there. I, and just a long time ago. Um, and I was in Faith United Methodist Church in Kinderville. Bill Kaiser was the pastor there. And as he was speaking, I couldn't tell you a thing that was in that message this morning, but I remember the moment as if it were yesterday. I looked up at him, and there was like an aura around him, a, sh 
a light, a shining. And I knew it wasn't about Bill. I knew it was about Christ. And that God was telling me that Christ is the answer. Christ is the answer. And I thought, well, that's about my marriage. You know, and I, I went home and I, I asked my husband if, if we could renew our wedding vows. But it was too late. He wasn't interested. What I didn't realize at that time was that God was calling me to restore my relationship with him, with Jesus Christ, to turn to the teachings of Jesus, that my life and my heart be made pure no matter what happened around me. And that call for restoring my life came from God. And I'll never forget it. The I in the word ripe, we've got restoring, and then the I is for imparting. Now, when, when we give ourselves to God, uh, Scripture tells us we become a child of God. That's a sign. That's imputed. Or, yeah, imputed. That is given to us. But let's look between the difference between imputing and imparting. Imputing is when it was assigned. Imparting is that is when it becomes a part of us. Now, I used to think when I was young, we're going back a long time, I used to think when I was young that being a Christian would mean giving up too much. But along this journey of faith, I learned that those things I had to give up were not worth having. And soon... Along that journey, my friends changed. I didn't reject them, but I started spending time with, with people that, that helped me grow in my faith. Eventually, my music changed. I listened to some of that junk that's out there now, and it was out there then. And I became led by Christian music. And then, over time, my heart changed. And my heart focused on God, the God I loved, the church that helped nurture that faith, the worship that helped me to praise God and grow. So we've got restoring, imparting, Perfecting. Wow. Perfecting. Now, Scripture tells us that we are to be perfect as Jesus Christ was perfect. And in ordination, I vowed to go on to perfection. And all the time, I'm like putting my fingers. <laughs> Not really, but how do I go on to perfection? And, and, but Wesley's perfection idea of perfectionism is, is just moving constantly to be more Christ-like, to keep focusing on Christ so that you move a little bit closer all the time, a little bit closer. Now, we'll slip. Sin gets in our way. Our attitudes, obstacles such as sound systems and everything going wrong in the morning before worship and you just want to run and go home, 
those things will always get in our way. But what God did through Jesus Christ on the cross has overcome any obstacle that we run into. And so if we keep our focus on Jesus Christ, it will get better. I mean, he never promises us a rose garden, but he promises us that he will go through it with us. So we've got restoring, imparting, perfecting, and the E is for empowering. Have you ever felt empowered by God? Sometimes just to get up in the morning takes a little bit of empowerment from the Holy Spirit. God, help me face this day. When in ordination, we're given a stole. It's supposed to be the yoke of Christ. And I have always looked at that as the work that God gave me to do. The almost a burden, but a burden's a bad term for it. Uh, you know, the responsibility that God has put on my shoulders. And I may blow this scripture. I think it's Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. I should have looked it up before the service, and, and I didn't. Um, but it, it's where, uh, come to me, all those who are tired and weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, for my yoke is easy. It hasn't been that long ago. A year to a year and a half, maybe I did a funeral right here in this very sanctuary. A beautiful young nurse that had fought cancer for many years. And she kept a journal. And on the, her last entry was this scripture. And When I looked at it through her eyes, it meant something completely different to me. Because, you know, when I pictured a yoke, I pictured the stole and the responsibility and the work. But when I looked at her words, I understood that, that she pictured it. If you, if you Google yoke, it comes up with two. That, that ties the two of you together. And that Jesus is yoked there with you. And that you don't have to do anything alone. We're empowered to go and serve, but he's going and serving right with us, and we're tied to him. And he's giving the strength, us the strength to do it. We may have relationship or financial problems or all that junk that gets in our way in life. But we don't have to do it alone. We're yoked with Christ, and he is there with us. And what about this beautiful young woman that was just days before her death? And she remembered that scripture. 
And she knew that even death was not something that she had to face alone because she was yoked with Christ and was empowered by him. Wow. Christ has taught us that through the Holy Spirit, we can be restored. We can be imparted to be more Christ-like. We can move on toward perfection, how far, however far away that we may be. We come as we are, and then he helps us. And then he empowers us. Now, life didn't necessarily get easier when I decided to go into ministry. I went to seminary expecting that they would reinforce, you know, I just gave Christ my life. I was determined to, to know more. I wanted to know all I could about this God I loved and was going to serve. And I thought seminary would reinforce everything I believed. And instead, it ended up challenging everything I believed. And they do that intentionally so we can learn to defend our faith. Maybe sometimes maliciously. But I was, went to a seminary uh, in Evanston, Illinois. It's on the Northwestern campus. And the first year was very difficult for me. Not the studies, but the attitudes, the beliefs, the challenges to Scripture that I was facing. And I kept asking, God, why did you send me here? You know, I, I believe in the resurrection and, and that you died for me and... This is getting really complicated. I was staying that first year with my sister-in-law that lives, lived north of um, Evanston and driving back and forth. And I knew there was a lighthouse. Northwestern is on the, the lake, Lake Michigan, and there was a lighthouse just north of it. But I didn't go that way. I was aware it was there from some time. But... I usually cut over to the west and then north to her house. Well, one morning I'm coming in, and I was remembering a hot debate that we had had the day before. And I was just in tears. And I was praying as I'm driving along, oh, God, you know, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to believe? Why did you get me into this mess, you know? And I missed my road to go back to the east toward the lake. And so I took the next road east, and then the, continued in prayer and tears as I'm driving, and I said, I don't know what to do. Sometimes I don't know what to believe. And I looked up, and there was that lighthouse ahead of me. And I heard the silent but very distinct words fill the car, keep your eyes on me, and I will guide you through the storm. That's all we need to do, folks. Jesus teaches, and it's all right here. Get yourself one of those red-letter editions and read his words. Don't focus on perfection. Focus on Christ, and, and he'll get you there. As close as we can come in this heavenly, in this earthly body. And the closer that we become Christ-like, the more joy that will fill our hearts. Thanks be to our amazing God.